Blog Talk Radio. Sunday evening here in Colorado Springs. My name is David Fournier, one of the instructors here at Restoring Grace. Thank you so much for joining me, either live or archive. And again, I want to thank so many of you for your kind emails and comments about the Zohar and 15 program. We've been doing this now for about two months, and it's just been uh, great to see the response. So again, thank you so much. I want to talk to you tonight about one of my favorite portions of the Torah portions and of, of the week. Uh, it's called Leka, which means you you go forward, and it starts in Genesis chapter 12, and deals expe- exclusively with the calling of Abraham. Many of you are very familiar with Abraham. You may not remember that his name originally was just Abram or Avram before God had called him. And in in the Zohar, in the volume uh, volume three of the Zohar, uh, section uh, volume three, section Leka, chapter five, verses 21 says this, now Hashem, or God said to Abraham, Avram, get you out, or go for you. According to Rabbi Elazar, the phrase go for you means for yourself. In other words, you go out for yourself to fulfill yourself and to complete your grade. Get you out, for you must not stay here among the wicked. The calling of Abraham is a crucial moment in biblical history because again we start to move from abraham and and there's some really rapid fire stories that go on you might remember abraham a uh, lot um the attacking the defeating of the kings and recapturing lot sodom and gomorrah these are all things that are happening uh, within this particular uh time frame but one thing is we've passed through creation through adam and eve through the tower of babel through the flood and now in the chapter in genesis chapter 12 a nation the nation of israel is beginning to become underway. It's really significant to notice that sometimes the differences between the Hebrew language and the English language may not be all that staggering. But in this case, here, it's extremely staggering. Because God's call to Abraham is for him to go for himself, to go for you. Um, if you've got, If you've been around very long, you know that Nike has an advertisement. They say, just do it. Uh, and there's, I don't know if it's a beer commercial or who it is, it says, go for it, go for all the gusto. But the idea here is go for you. Because a lot of times when God is moving us from one place to another, from one situation to another, it may not always be easy to understand why those things are happening, but it's really a difference between saying, a lot of people say, well, I'm going to go do what I, I'm, I'm going to do because God told me to go do it. That's great. But are you going for you? Do you have that certainty in your mind, certainty in your life, that the decision that you're making is the one that God has for you. And even if you're uncertain, are you certain in God? Now, I don't know about your life right now, but I know in mine, there are many things that are just kind of up in the air and, and, and a lot of static noise. And it's real easy to get attracted to that static or attracted to that, to that negative and not really hang on to the positive parts of it. But also knowing in the back of, of my mind, having certainty is so difficult at times. Are you going because you're told to go, or are you going because you have certainty in God that says, go for yourself? When God first approaches Abraham, he tells him to leave his father's country. And 
this is an amazing symbol, symbolism here for us today. We can get very comfortable in our churches. We can get comfortable in our spiritual walk. We can get comfortable in our vocations. We can get so comfortable that while we're going through the motions of being married, or going through the motions of being a member, or going through the motions of being a worker, or, or having a vocation, we often forget the importance of doing it for ourselves. Really going out and becoming challenged in the work, and working hard at that work, it's very personal that we do that. So Abraham's being called out of his father's uh, country, and Abraham, by the way, was not a man who was poor. And neither was Lot. As a matter of fact, the first argument that we see occurring in the Bible uh, occurs over wealth, where somebody says, I can't live with you anymore, I can't live with you anymore, and they split up and they head different directions. Some of our connections, some of our safe places, are truly holding us back from true fulfillment. Let me say that again. Some of our connections, some of our safe places, are truly holding us back from true fulfillment. And that's really a question everybody has today. How can I be fulfilled? Well, I can tell you one thing. You can never be fulfilled or operational unless you're fulfilled fulfilled with the right thing. And here's what I mean by that. Many of you uh, know a lot about cars. You know the car business pretty well. And you know that your car's got all kinds of fluids running around in there. There's gasoline. There's brake fluid. There's power steering fluid. There's transmission fluid. There's, did I say brake fluid? There's engine coolant. And not all cars run on the same kind of fluid. It's the same kind by its name. But certain cars, if you put the wrong kind of coolant in them, they'll overheat. Certain cars, if you put the wrong transmission fluid in them, they won't move forward. They have to have not just a fluid, but the right fluids. And if the wrong ones go in, that's where the problems begin. And fulfillment is a lot of times us trying to put the wrong fill or the wrong fluid into the wrong kind of container, and it causes the problems. That's why we don't feel that fulfillment. A lot of things we do, by the way, a lot of things we do bring us extremely temporary fulfillment. And most people in their lives, that's all they're looking for is just temporary fulfillment. But when we talk about true fulfillment, we have to realize this, that every soul, every soul, every person, if it's easier for you, that God has made, has the Creator's original thought encased in it. Let me say that again, and we're going to go to a quick commercial break. Every soul, every person that God has created has the Creator's original thought encased in their soul or encased in that person. We'll be right back after this brief timeout. Welcome to Res Looking for something different at your next retreat, Bible study, or weekend seminar? Restoring Grace could be the answer for you. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace, and we gladly support, encourage, and minister in many churches across the country. You can reach me at Dave at RestoringGrace.com. Again, that's Dave at RestoringGrace.com. Or you can call 719-233-6265. 719-233-6265 for your next upcoming event. You know, it'd be nice to blame the soundboard guy for playing the wrong spots at the wrong times, but unfortunately, I do it myself. Every soul, every created person that God has made, whether you see that as a soul or as the person, it's the same. Every soul that God has made has the creator's original thought encased in it. 
What that means is when you were born, when you were created, you have an original thought, something that God saw would be an ultimate fulfillment for you. And it's encased inside of you. And that's why sometimes when you see, especially with younger children, you see a young child who just loves to play the violin or loves to dance or loves to have their picture taken or loves to read. Those are parts of that original case, uh, the original soul that's encased beginning to come out. Our job to transformation is to draw out that thought, to draw out that purpose in ourselves and to find out what is that original purpose that we had for God. And this original purpose, this original destiny, if you please, is our ultimate fulfillment in our life and nothing else will do. Everything else will be nice and fun, but it will not bring you the ultimate fulfillment. There can be times when our surroundings, our environments, our relationships, our job have so much temporary fulfillment that we lose sight of what really matters. And I see a lot of people's lives. My life can get this way. We lose sight of what really excites us, what really makes us think, what really makes us reconsider our steps and begin to make better decisions. I mean, there is so much out there today to give us those temporary boosts. And that becomes the reason, by the way, we talked last week, we talked about the force of development. We don't like that force of development. That's when God orchestrates events. This is the creator's involvement in our lives. People often say, why isn't God more involved in my life? Why doesn't he stop, usually about stopping something from happening? Why doesn't he stop that from happening? Why doesn't he do this? Why doesn't he do that? And he might do all those things. He might do all those things. But one thing for sure is he introduces the force of development into our lives. You have to exercise your own free will. You have to make your own choices in this life. But God will continue to allow a certain level of discomfort, a certain level of troublesome spirit, if you please, to come into our lives to remind us you may or may not be in the right place. Because you can't just go because somebody tells you to go. And you can't go because your friends are going. You have to go because God is calling you out, and you have to go for yourself. There must be something in this. There must be something happening. There must be something going on that that brings me out to want to do something. Because running on somebody else's fuel isn't good enough. There's an old Jewish saying that says, Abraham followed God, Lot followed Abraham. And look how it ended up for him. But the Creator does send in signals. And I think that's the part that's toughest for people to, to understand. It's kind of like the story of a man who there's floodwaters rising around his house. And he climbs up uh, you know, the second story and a boat comes by and says, hey, you need to get on this boat. There's floodwater. No, I trust in God. He'll take care of me. A little while later, he winds up. He's now sitting on the eaves of his roof. That boat comes by again. And no, 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 I don't need a ride. I'm fine. God, God's going to take care of me. Now the next few hours go by, and he's sitting on the very tip top of his chimney, and a helicopter flies by, and they say, look, I'm going to throw you a rope. He says, no, no, I know God's going to take care of it for me. And eventually he drowns. When he gets to heaven, he's really angry with God. He says, God, I'm really frustrated with you. I, I believed in you. I had certainty in you, and you did nothing. God says, what are you talking about? I sent two bolts in, boats in a helicopter. In our spiritual path, there are places we can't see. There are things that, that are hidden from us. It's interesting that he goes on to tell Avram, he says, I want you to leave your country. That's part one. But what was part two? Part two was, and go to a place that I'll show you. That's not exactly an address. 
That's not saying, oh, we're going to go from this great location to a better location. We're going to go from this place to the beach. We're going to... He doesn't say anything more than to a place that I will show you. There are many places. There are many places that can only be revealed by the light of the Creator. There are many challenges that we face that we don't understand where to go or how to get those things done or how are we going to accomplish those things. And there may, there's many of those places, and the only way you're going to find them is by allowing God. God says, listen, I want you to leave where you are and come to a place I'll show you. All right, well, where are we going? Don't worry about that. Well, where are we going to end up? Don't worry about that. I want to read to you a very uh, interesting verse in the Zohar that talks about Abraham. It's in the same chapter we're working on, verse 28. It says this. As soon as the Holy One, blessed be he, noticed, speaking of Abraham, his awakening and his passion, he immediately revealed himself to Abraham and said, get you out in order to learn about and perfect yourself. Let me read that verse to you again. As soon as the Holy One, blessed be he, noticed his awakening and his passion, he immediately revealed himself to Abraham and said, get you out in order to learn about and perfect yourself. It wasn't until, listen now, this is very important, whose passion and whose awakening occurred? The passion and awakening occurred for Abraham. And as soon as God saw that, God brought him to the next level. Remember what Rabbi Elzar said in the beginning, how you've got to complete your grade. A lot of people think Savior, uh, then it's all over. Everything, your future is, is inked in. Everything's fine. you got your fire insurance, and you just move on from there. But yet the, the story, the, the rabbis and the stories of the Bible tell something much different. There's levels. There's grades. There's places of attainment. There's transformation. There's so much more for us to be doing than just sitting around saying, okay, I'll just wait till I die. But it was when God saw Abraham's passion, when he saw Abraham's uh, excitement, it was at that point that he did what? The scripture says that's when he revealed himself to him. And in that revelation, in that revealing of himself, was when he said to him, Abraham, Lekleka, I want you to come out from your father's place. I want you to go, and I want you to go for yourself. Boy, that is my hope and prayer for everyone listening to our program. My name is David Fournier here at Restoring Grace. Don't forget, you can always reach me at Dave at RestoringGrace.com. Again, that's Dave at RestoringGrace.com. I always welcome your comments, your questions, even your criticisms. God bless. I look forward to next week on the Zohar in 15. Mm-hmm.